This is uh, part two of our Q&A, Ask Me Anything. And again, shout out to Courtney. She sent a list of amazing questions. And so if you do have other questions for me, for the mailbag, for the podcast, please uh, enter the chat in the DM. Send me a DM on Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz, J-U-S-T-I-N-R-A-B-I-N-O-W-I-T-Z. I'm spelling it because I know my name, I, even though it is common, that's a joke. Um, I want you guys to find me on Instagram. You can send me a DM. If you really like the podcast, share it with a friend, share it with an enemy. Share it with anyone you want because we're trying to get the listenership up. It's helped so much. As I said in last week's podcast, we now have listeners uh, and mastermind members in Canada, in Australia, many different places. We are growing and it is very, very exciting to see. As always, I want all of you to know as my listeners, I appreciate each and every one of you. Speaking into a microphone can get very lonely, but I know how much value the podcast does have. And so I appreciate all of you guys. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Business School for the Rehab Chiropractor. Class is officially in session. My name is Justin Rabinowitz, and I am a rehab chiropractor on a mission to teach you, a fellow rehab chiropractor, the exact tools and systems I've used to build my own successful rehab chiropractic practice so you can do the same. I hope you enjoy, and please subscribe. All right, so we'll jump right into it. The second part of the mailbag question, a lot of really good ones here. Um, I like this one. If you were starting from scratch today, knowing everything that you know now, what would what would you do if you had no savings versus what would you do if you had unlimited cash? Good question. Um, so I've mentioned this on a podcast before. I will tell you, the only thing that makes me more nervous than a new business owner who has no money is a new business owner that just got a lot of money from the bank or from family and friends because when you get money, then you get stupid. And so the first thing that I would do if I had unlimited cash is immediately forget that I had unlimited cash because just because you have money doesn't mean you actually are going to be successful. Now, we know it gives you more runway, but here are things that money cannot buy. If you, as the business owner, cannot, do not understand marketing, you can buy Google ads, but you're not going to understand the strategy behind it. If you, as the business owner, doesn't understand how to speak in front of an audience, like let's say at a gym, call that marketing or sales, money can't buy, money can't buy that person becoming a patient of yours because you haven't communicated in that way. And so, Money will get you so far in buying you things and stuff, whether that's new carpet or turf or squat racks or kettlebells or whatever else you can buy. You potentially could even buy a staff who knows what they're doing, though I would question if they actually do know what they're doing. But all of that to say money is not going to buy you the business skills you need to run a highly successful business. It might give you runway to go and figure that amount, and that's really important. But unlimited money, unlimited money typically won't help you develop the business skills necessary to sustain your business. The example, actually, that I would use is, I don't know the exact statistics on it, but if you go back to look at like the Vanderbilts and all of those like super wealthy, 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 wealthy families, uh, eventually, almost without fail, all of those unbelievably wealthy families eventually go broke. Why? 
They go broke because the further away they get away, the further away they get from the people that made the money in the first place that had the actual business skills and tenacity to grow and make the money, the further those generations go away, the less the descendants know how to actually make and grow a business and, and you know, operate it. And so even people with seemingly unlimited cash, eventually it'll run out. So unlimited cash, in theory, in theory, will make the runway last a really long time. But if you had unlimited cash, again, you might as well just like go on a beach and live without it because um, it's not really going to help you grow your business. Now, what do I think always? Obviously, listen, I'm not, this is not a, a charity. I'm in a coaching business for a reason because I believe that everyone needs business skills. So if I had unlimited cash, I would just pay the money to learn the business skills because you're going to need those skills. That's what I would do. I'd pay the money to learn the skills because you can, let's just say you have enough money to go hire a staff. Well, how are you going to train that staff? Well, you need to learn how to train staff. How are you going to train them to learn to do sales and marketing? Well, you're going to know sales and marketing. Okay. So every prerequisite for the business is that you actually have the skill. So unlimited cash, while most people would say they'd buy an unbelievably beautiful office and all of that, again, it'll only go so far because uh, an empty office without any like tangible skill is not really useful. And so if I had unlimited budget, I would put it in the bank and pretend I don't have it, maybe let it accrue interest, uh, have a retirement fund, and then I would go take what I needed to go buy the business skills, learn from people that understand how to do it, have done what I'm looking to do, and I would invest all of my money into that. The last thing I would buy is random equipment that won't make you money. Even if you bought something like a shockwave, like which is high efficacy and really gets patient results, even if you had the money to buy that, do you know how to sell it? Do you know how to convince a patient that they need it? Do you understand pricing strategy? Do you understand upsells? Again, like you can have the money to buy the equipment, but what's the only thing worse than having the equipment um, after paying the money is having the equipment and no one paying you for it. So if you're going to have a lot of money and be a steward of money, it means that you're going to buy the thing and then you're going to have people use the thing, which they're going to pay you for that thing, meaning that you bought the thing and you got a return on your investment for the thing. So unlimited money would be learning unlimited business skills. That would be my suggestion. Now, on the other end, if you had no money, if you had no money, like it's the same thing as if you had a lot of money, because if you had a lot of money, we're not going to pretend you have no money. And if you have no money, you have no money. So what I would do, well, honestly, outside of you eating like minimal food, whatever you need to survive, Minimal housing, minimal clothing, minimal shelter, whatever you need minimum. I'm keeping my expenses to a bare minimum. And I'm doing everything I can in my power, spending 98% of my time figuring out how to get a customer in the door and keep them and get them to pay me. So if you've heard me and you think I'm a broken record, I am. Because I think I say this like every week, get a customer, keep a customer. Don't worry about the other BS in your practice. Don't worry about anything else. Get a customer and keep a customer. Everything else, every skill that you, you've learned, utilized. I think I say it and I'm a broken record. And then I go and talk to people and it's like, why are you stressed? Because I need to figure out what EHR I'm going to use. It's irrelevant. If you don't have a patient, you can't put them in an EHR system. Write it on a notebook and then lock it up so it's HIPAA compliant. I don't care. Your EHR doesn't matter. If you don't have a patient that's paying you money. So if you're broke, you need to figure out how to make money. You need to go and find someone to pay you. And if you do that enough and put your head down and ask people and understand business skills enough to have 
conversations with people to get them and help them understand why you're different and why they should pay you more money than the guy down the street. If you have those skills, they will pay you. If you just do it enough, someone will pay you. Someone will pay you. Someone will pay you. And so early on in business, if you have no money, we need to go figure out how to make money. It sounds simple, but it's not. So if I had a lot of money, I'd pretend I didn't have any money. And if I didn't have any money, I would go and make some money. Remember, in business, sure, it's great to have a lot of money. But you know what's more valuable long-term than having a lot of money? It's knowing how to make money. And so our job early on is learning the skill of making money. If you can make money, man, I think Will Smith said once, he knows how to make, he knows how to make money rain from the sky. Uh, he does. It's crazy, but he knows how to make money rain from the sky. No one could argue with that. Imagine if you could do that, that when you just got going with it, you paid attention to something, you talked to people, they just want to take their credit card and give it to you. What a great skill to have. Yeah, it's great to have money, but it's even better to know how to make money. So pretend you have no money. How would you go make money? Well, I would focus on the things that actually make me money, not all of the rest of the BS. Okay, so that's how I would answer that question if I had a lot of money or if I had no money, uh, that's what I would do. The next question, um, did you always know that your end goal was to step away from patient care? Again, another really good question that I hope to give some context and insight to. Did I always know it was my end goal? So as I look back on you know my career, I think there was things that I always intuitively understood, but I didn't necessarily know how to get there or what it actually looked like. And so I remember early on in my business career, not in my business career, my, I had an associate career. And I remember talking to my, my boss at the time and we were having like a really good conversation. And I said, I just kind of threw it out there. I was, I was naive. I was less than a year out of school. And I, I said, you know, one day, you know, maybe, you know, I'd be willing to like not treat patients and just run the business if that's what it required. And, and, and she said to me at the time, she's like, you know, you're a doctor, you should treat patients. And I understand, and I still do understand that. Though, I think if we look at our business career, one of the things that we have to start to understand and look at is, you know, where is our skill set utilized best? If, and I think it's sort of come true, if my skill set is used in an adjacent way, like surrounding our healthcare profession beyond just treating a patient, I think it's almost a sunken cost fallacy that saying I'm a doctor and I should treat a patient. Just because I did go to school for that specific thing, I use those skills every single day. But if I was just saying, because I went to school and I should do this, none of, none of this other stuff would exist. And so I would have had limited myself specifically because that would have been a sunk cost fallacy of because I had this, I had to do this. So I think going back, I potentially always understood that there might be more out there. And at the end of the day, if, you, if you're a high level clinician and you're, and you're passionate about it, I think that you should do that. Though I still think, I still think that as an entrepreneur, we always have to have in the back of our head, how are we going to grow and scale ourselves and our business? So one of the terms that I talk about with my mastermind members is uh, this, this Justin Inc., you Inc. So Courtney Inc., Justin Inc., Alex Inc., John Inc. In that it's not Dr. Justin, it's not strive to move. It's, it's me as a person as I'm a business. 
And so if I think of myself as just an ink, now it might make different decisions for me because now I might say as a business that it is best that the enterprise, in the enterprise, that Justin does treat patients and that he is in the clinic. But I might also say as an enterprise, that isn't the best use of Justin's time. And so as I've gone on, I think I always had sort of that premonition that maybe it wasn't the best use of Justin's time for Justin Inc. for Justin Inc. to do that because there were other skill sets that potentially I had beyond just patient care. Now, how do we judge how good I was at patient care? I have no idea. I think I was pretty good. I took every seminar in the book and patients got results and you know, I, I, I enjoyed being a clinician. However, I always had an idea that there was something else that potentially, A, I thought I was better at, and B, I thought I was uniquely qualified to do. And I think that is sort of what I always understood. We have a team of clinicians, give them a shout out, Ashton and Kaylee. Um, I think that they're every bit of clinicians as I am, if not better. And so if I look at that and I say, for everyone's sake, my sake, their sake, their family's sake, my family's sake, if, if they're as good of, as me, if not better at that thing, is there something potentially that I can do that will allow me even more success in the business? Now, I'm just sort of off the cuff right now, um, but this happened to me actually at a different point in my life. And it's, it's actually funny as I recount the story. Um, and hopefully the tangent helps people and makes sense. You know, I think for me, I've always been somebody that, uh, you know, I, I have, confidence and self-belief, but I also am not sort of stuck in doing what I think, what, what I always like stuck in the mud in doing the thing. Like I just want to be a valuable asset to the group and the organization because I think it'll benefit the group and the organization and inherently me as well. So when I was in high school, I played football and my freshman year uh, of the football team, I was, I played defense and then I was the backup fullback. And the reason I was the backup fullback is because we had a starting fullback. His name was Kyle and Kyle ended up being first team all state. And so I was a really good athlete and I was a good player on the team, but I wasn't better than Kyle. And so going into my sophomore year, I remember thinking to myself, well, I'm not going to beat him out because this guy's literally all state. He's one of the best players in the state. And so but that also doesn't mean that I can't find a place on the team somewhere else in a different position to get on the field because I do think I should be on the field because I can contribute, just not in that position. And so I actually went to my coach in the offseason and I said, listen, Kyle's a fullback. I'm not beating him out. So why don't you put me, move me, offensive line, put me somewhere else. And you know what happened that year as a sophomore? I ended up playing varsity as a guard and a tackle as like this undersized kid that never didn't know what the hell he was doing. But, but again, going back, I knew there was a place for me, just potentially not in that position that I had started at. And so as I fast forward and look at the business, I think it's actually very similar in that there's obviously a place for me in the business, specifically at Strive, to help manage, lead, and grow the team. And then in this coaching business to help manage, grow, and lead all these other people to grow this organization. And sort of, I went in with a hypothesis that that is what my unique skill set was. Now, I don't know if Kaylee and Ashton could do this side of the business, but today, today, I think we would all agree, like, this is probably my unique skill set, and they are uniquely talented to be in the clinic. And so if we look at it as a game of chess, and again, going back to the enterprise, 
how is the enterprise going to become more valuable? Is it with Justin seeing the patients and Kaylee and Ashton sitting on the sideline? Well, no. It's with them treating the patients, Justin being able to guide, teach, lead, and manage to let them thrive and flourish, and then everybody wins. And so I think about this beyond just myself, in that if I have you know, 11 players on the field. It's like, if I have 11 of the best athletes, I just have to find a position for them. So just because I'm a doctor, I don't believe I should treat patients. Just because I'm a this doesn't mean I should do that. It's like, I want really high level people. And I think about my team like that. I think about my team as getting the best possible people I can, and then I'll find a spot for them. I think about myself in the same way. And so there are things even in our business now in our coaching company where I I look at the talent that I have around me and say like this person's at least as good as I am if not better. And so we have a in our mastermind program we have three calls a week. We have a sales call, we have a marketing call and we have a, a mastermind call. So Justin hosts the mastermind call because he can because he can sort of, you know, look at the business at a higher level and he has a skill set that can talk about certain things. But Marketing Monday call is not led by Justin. It's led by Hannah, who you've heard on the podcast. Why? Because she spends all day and night looking, speaking, talking, doing marketing. So she is more qualified than I am to be able to host that call. On Tuesdays, we have a sales call. And while I help to train Lauren in sales, well, Lauren is our sales manager and sales trainer. She's on the phone every day. She's training our staff on how to do sales. She's in it all the time. And so I'm putting people in their uniquely qualified position based on where they sort of sit on our team that they're going to help grow the enterprise. Because again, if you zoom out on the thing, if we take egos out of it, I'm not interested in what you think you should be doing or how good you think you are. I'm interested in what's going to get the ball across the line. I want to score touchdowns. I don't care who does it. I don't care how we do it. It's irrelevant to me. And so Again, if you think about yourself, your business, the people around you, whoever it is in your life, as, as people that are part of the enterprise, what's the end goal? We want to win. We want to make more money. I want to be able to provide for my family. I want to help to be able to provide for the staff and their families as well. I want to grow our team. I want our mastermind members to be successful. And so if I know that that's the end goal, is it a best use of Justin's time to treat a patient? Well, I think unequivocally at this point, I can say no. Now, don't misunderstand. That doesn't mean that I don't like treating patients. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't go back tomorrow if I had to. It isn't about what Justin wants to do or likes to do. It's about what's best for the business, what's best for the enterprise, what's best for our team members, what's best for our mastermind. Our mastermind members are not going to be helped if Justin is digging his head in a hamstring 12 hours a day. Because I can't spend the time to kind of think, do, learn, and grow the businesses so I can go and teach them. They need me to not be in the treatment room. Literally, they need me to not do that. My team needs me to not be in the treatment room. We say, we talk about it all the time on our team. I protect them, so they protect me. There are times in the business when things get stressful, like payroll's a struggle and things are a struggle, but I don't let them know that unless I have to because I need to protect them mentally so that they can go do their job. Just like their job is to protect me. Don't get me involved in day-to-day BS. I don't want to hear it because it's going to derail me from doing the thing that I need to do. And if I'm in a bad mood or I have to go deal with some crap that I shouldn't be dealing with, well, guess who's going to suffer? They are because I'm not going to come and come to the table the best that I can. 
And so for everybody here listening to the call, I'll zoom out for a sec. I know a lot of you just got your business started and it's like, I don't care. All these, this is too high level for me. I just got to get a patient there. Keep, I, I understand. I get it. I get it. But let me be the 20, 25 minutes a week that helps you zoom out a little bit and see beyond just the next patient. Because I got news for you. For you guys that just feel like you got to get the next patient in the door, be careful. Because I know guys that have been in practice for 25 years, they still think exactly the same way. And so be careful what you wish for. Take a minute to zoom out. Get around people that potentially help you zoom out to see the bigger picture. I think your business will, will grow. You will grow as a person. And long-term, your team and the people around you, they'll grow as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you for free. One, grab a copy of my free guide, The Rehab Chiropractor's Checklist. You can get that at go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. That's go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. Two, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz, where I post business content. Three, subscribe to my weekly newsletter by sending me an email at coaching at strive to move.com. And four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential people and bring those lessons back to you. 